Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ramble. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to your favorite podcast. Pretty basic. Hi, Loshi. Hello, Rim Life. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am. I love how every week I'm. I treat it like a therapy. Ah, <laughs> uh, today I am. Actually, I'm. I'm really good. Um, yeah. I feel like I've been really good. Pretty. I've been getting a lot of stuff done. Pretty productive. I have my coffee with me. I mean, what more can I ask for? Nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. I thought you were gonna lay yourself back on the couch just now, like you're literally in therapy. <laughs> Wait, I just. <laughs> I, I just set I, the phone up. I just. <laughs> I just saw we're FaceTiming recording this right now. I just saw me in the reflection and I look like such a dude. Like the way that I'm sitting, like I forgot you can see like me right now. Spreading right now. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> well, we have really big news because next week, officially, on our normal pretty basic upload day, you can not only listen to the episode like you normally could have been for the past two and a half plus years. We are also officially going live with video. You guys saw our studio tour. The crowd went wild. And if you didn't, um, you guys, we have a YouTube channel where we actually have, you know, behind the scenes of challenges, our favorite products, all of that fun stuff. And we also just uploaded a full grand reveal of our brand new Pretty Basic Studio. It is just type in Pretty Basic in YouTube, it'll pop up. Um, we did, however, make an announcement also in that video, and this is super important. So if you're gonna listen, listen up. You know, I know you're texting someone. He's probably a cute boy. Just put the phone <laughs> down for two seconds and listen. Um, we actually decided we went back and forth on this a lot. Uh, we decided to come out with a other YouTube channel for the full episodes of Pretty Basic. So there are two YouTube channels. Don't worry. We already went back and forth a lot. If we should put them on one channel, if we should do two. And honestly, the pros of having two channels kind of outweighed it because we still want to do a lot of challenges, a lot of behind the scenes, like our favorite products and all that kind of stuff on the Pretty Basic channel, even like the studio reveal, that type of stuff. Um, and we didn't want that to get too much footage with having a weekly upload as well as the 
you know, the hour long episodes. Um, so we decided to kind of put them onto two channels. A lot of other podcast channels do that. Um, so if it doesn't make sense to you, I promise it really does. Um, (laughs) in, in our heads, I saw some comments that were like, why not put them on one channel, which totally makes sense. But if you look at a lot of, a lot of other podcasts that do videos, having two channels is good because there are a lot of times where there's the whole episode uploaded and then also just highlights are uploaded, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, a two to three minute segment. And we don't want anyone to get confused by seeing like a two to three minute segment. Yeah. Or having so many videos in the subscription feed that you lose track of them. So this just makes it easier. I don't think it's a big deal. Just subscribe to both channels if you're interested in both or subscribe to just one if you're only interested in one. Yeah. So the first one is youtube.com slash pretty basic. And then the long form video of the podcast will be youtube.com slash pretty basic podcast. So either way, we are so excited for you guys to see more into our lives. I didn't think it was possible, but now you have the video (laughs) version of us recording, you know, and I'm excited. I feel like the first few were going to look so cute and like the makeup and hair will be perfect. 10 out of 10. And then as time goes on, we're just going to be full fetus and like no makeup, sweats, like looking rough, but I kind of love it. It's all I could ever ask for. I'm so excited. Well, so yes, be sure to check out all of our videos and everything next week. So, 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 so long awaited. This week, we thought we'd come at you with part two. We wanted to actually throw these into last week's episode, but we ended up chatting for so long and did such a long episode. We decided break it up into two and we're going to tackle more of our big sister girl talk questions today. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to talk about friendships, friendship breakups, jealousy in friendships, relationships, and confidence. Yes, communication. Everything under the sun. So I think we should just jump into it, right? Yeah. Honestly, the last episode, I felt like I blinked and we had talked for over an hour. Um, So I feel like we still had so much more we wanted to say. So this is perfect. And honestly, so glad that you guys loved it. I, it's been a while since we've received that much positive feedback from an episode. Not that you guys are hating the episodes, but clearly you guys really wanted us to do more stuff like this. So super excited. Rem, hit me with a question. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, starting off with the first one, that one, this one's a little much, so I'm going to skip down a little bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll get back to that one later. Let's start with dating, shall we? Ooh. Someone said, I need to know how to make a text conversation more spicy. I go over the same stuff every day. I feel you my sister is so good at like combos like having small talk with people me on the other hand I hate small talk and I overthink every little thing so when they're like how was your weekend I'm like good (laughs) but like no you need to give contact you need to like give some a little substance a little spice (laughs) I remember years ago Remy giving me the best advice about this exact thing because I tend to overthink everything. If someone says, how was your weekend? I just answer good because I just like small talk overwhelms me and I, I I overthink it. And I know I'm more interesting than the combo I'm having because I'm like, Alicia, here's my question. What is, what are you overthinking? It's small talk. <laughs> All you say is good. What do you I mean? What, what are you overthinking? It's small talk. Like there are <laughs> thousands of people listening being like, yes. But what part are you overthinking? Like, what is it? It's like, what do I say? (laughs) If I put hi, I'm going to reread it five times because I'm like, should I put hello? Should I put hey? Is hi too much? Is two eyes meaning I want to like, you know, get like hook up? (laughs) So, but but you gave me advice because you were like, you have to just be yourself and have a, like, pretend that you're already friends and don't worry about like how you're coming across. Like you would always... Um, I remember you showing me some of your old text combos with guys that you were either talking to or dating or whatever. And you were like, you were Remy. And I was so shocked. And I think a lot of girls and guys also feel like they have to 
put up this like, oh, I'm cool factor a facade. and a facade of like who they're they're trying to fit, who they think the other person wants them to be. And that's where you tend to overthink more because you're like, well, what do you want? Like, what do you want? What what are they going to like versus just being yourself? I think like in dating, you really do like that is the key of dating. Just be yourself because you can't keep that facade up forever. You can keep them fooled for like two to three dates or so. And then after the third date, you're like, shoot, you start like forgetting what facade you've put on, what lies, not exactly lies you've told, but things, ticks and things that you've shown. And that goes into texting too. I think it's so important to just be yourself. Mm -hmm. Be a little extra flirty though. If you want to add some spice into it, you know, you can add little like emojis, little like winky face, throw a little spice in it with that way. I'm I'm, like dancing around what I want to (laughs) say. I feel like instead of Obviously, asking questions is also good because if you ever just do a statement, like that's hard to reply to. So definitely, I I love when I'm having a conversation with a guy and there's kind of a few different combos happening. Like I kind of like when there's more than just like, how was your weekend? Good. What about you? Like don't do what's expected, I guess. I would always throw in cute little phrases too. Also, don't do this like after a first date because that's scary. But you know, maybe like a few weeks in, like a month in or so, you could be like, oh, that's my boy. Like something cute and flirty if they say something funny or just something like that where it like makes it clear that you're into them but not being too aggressive, but still a little flirty and not too crazy. Yeah. And for anyone else who also overthinks, I one thing I noticed myself doing because I'm still getting better at it. However, there are still times where I'm like overthinking a freaking sentence and I'm like, Alicia, they probably are going to send you typos. Like they're they're not even looking at this the way you are, Um, is going back with your first initial instinct of what to reply. There's a lot of times I'll read a message and I'll think I should put, ha ha ha, damn, that's funny. And then I, then I freak out. I'm like, wait, 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 what should I say? And then I'm, I'm going back and forth with different things. And 99% of the time now I'm like, Alicia, just put your first initial response as if it was any other friend And that helps me a lot because, or I'll be like, Alicia, what are you even trying to say here? Like sometimes I'm like, I'm trying to think of a good example. Sometimes we'll be talking about like restaurants and then the way my mind goes, I'll, I'll be thinking about freaking who knows what I'm like, wait, what was the initial question? Like go back to that first question, answer your first initial response. Um, and then yeah, add a little winky face, add a little like, Oh, hi, or whatever. I don't know. So that, I feel like that's easy ways to make it fun. No, that was really good. I, I don't remember anything about texting during dating. So that was great. Great advice. Oh my God. <laughs> Glad I can help my overthinking everything. See ya. Also going off of that, just because you're flirting with someone doesn't mean you're obsessed with them and you're in love with them. I think that was something that I I was always scared of being too forward when I realized I wasn't being forward enough. So if anyone else also kind of feels that way, like just because you send some winky faces and some hearts, like that's fine. Like it's okay. It doesn't need to be this big old, like, I don't know. You're not going to get married just because you send that? Yeah. Like you, you just sent a little kissy face. That's fine. And that's just coming from me who's on the extreme side of like being, doesn't want to like, you know, overdo it. So would you think that if you sent too many that they'd be like, oh, this bitch is crazy. Like she's too into me. Yeah. Uh. But I think that that fear of what they think has held me back too many times to where I'm like, they probably don't even know I'm actually interested in them. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know what I mean? You probably look like you're like, hey, good. <laughs> Nothing. You. <laughs> Literally. Period, there's, period, this, period. Oh, there's this one guy I'm thinking of and I'm like, he had no idea. I was like in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> 
that. I'd I be like, think, Hi. you know what? Maybe give yourself an allotted amount yes. of, of emojis. Don't do, the, don't do the mom thing where you send about 50 in oh a row. God. Our moms are very much like that. Yes, they Just, are. You They're know, smiling right now. Sparingly, use them wisely. Give yourself enough for one conversation. 10. I will say I don't really do hearts as much as more like winky faces or like a blushing face or like th- those are, are good for like first time dating. You know, I feel like a yeah. heart too soon could be a little too much. <laughs> Do a wedding dress. <laughs> uh, a what? Wedding rings? <laughs> a wedding ring. <laughs> also, I feel like I have a sarcastic sense of humor. So I think that's where I can let myself be flirty because to them, they're like, wait, is she joking or is she being serious? And it's kind of an easy way to be like, wow, are you like my soulmate? Blah, 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 blah. Where it's like a funny joke, but you're still being flirty. That's my You have advice. a scapegoat if they take it too seriously. You're like, I was kidding. You're like, I'm, I was clearly being sarcastic. <laughs> Someone's not catching on. Yeah. Okay, another relationship question. How do I find the strength to move on from a love relationship that's not healthy anymore? Ooh. Oof. I saw a quote recently from, actually it wasn't a quote. I think it was a, a video clip of Justin Bieber And he said that he made a song called Right Person, Wrong Time or something about Selena Gomez. (gasps) Selena. Yes. Apparently, it never made it to the album, but it was basic. It was this full interview saying he fully believes that there can be the right person just at the wrong time. And to kind of like accept that for what it is and realize like that doesn't mean they're not special to you. It means that you've learned a lot through them. But for whatever reason, whether it's like, unhealthy, toxic, whatever, like you aren't meant to be with them and you have to kind of like let go. Like base, I'll try to find that and maybe we can share it, but it was such a good um, interview because I think a lot of us have had situations like that where you're just so frustrated. You're like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? I'm putting so much work and effort into it. And then you kind of have to take a step back and be like, damn, I know like obviously relationships are hard. That's an overall like duh However, like when it is on the unhealthy side of being able to be like, okay, this is now this is hurting me more than it's, you know, benefiting me, you know, and even with good relationships, you know, the good should still outweigh the bad. And I think having that moment being like, okay, literally, if you have to write down a pros and cons list of like, what is this helping me? Is this serving me well? And I, th- I think it's hard, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, friendship, whatever. Sometimes I'm very visual, so I'm such a fan of lists that way because it's hard to run from the truth when you're sitting at a, a list of like cons and then like three things that are good, you know? And you're like clinging on to those good things. Yes. Like, but they do this, but. Which everyone has good and bad about them. Like even if it is a toxic relationship, you will still be able to see good qualities in that person. And that's what's so toxic about it. That's what's unhealthy about it. Like, how like uh, you never really just look and say oh they're a bad person no the people who are you know whether they're gaslighting you or whatever like they're like it it's that emotional it's like it's a mind fuck and it's so so hard and I think one just being open and talking about it um I think for me I've always known like my friends and family will like like the person I'm dating and I think that's also a flag if you notice yourself changing for someone. Oh my God, literally the Billie Eilish song, it just came out um, on her new album in Happier Than Ever. She basically says like, you didn't care to get to know my family or my mother and like I changed for you and blah, blah, blah. I think like those are flags. Do you believe in right person, wrong time? I think I do. You do? I don't think I, I ever- I th- don't. See, I don't think I ever- And here's, here. let me elaborate on that. I think I used to always think there was only one person in this world for me and I had to go find them, right? 
Thank you, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously getting older, you realize, no, like there, you could get married to multiple people. Like you can have multiple soulmates. However, like your life will be different depending on who those are. You know, like you have a lot more freedom than you think. So I think you can have like, for instance, Justin and Selena could have gotten married. Would they be divorced now? I don't know. But I don't think that marriage is the end all be all. I think more so when it says right person, wrong time, it's more of like, is is this your end all be all person? And in my, because I think about this all the time because my whole life I thought it's, you can have a right person at the wrong time. I think it's false because I think that everybody comes into your life to teach you a lesson. And when they mm-hmm. leave your life, you'll, the lessons have been learned and that's totally fine. And there can be an amicable split. There can be a not as nice split. Yeah. But I think that the idea of wrong, right person, wrong time doesn't make sense because it would never be the wrong time if it's the end all be all right person. So I think where that comes from is I agree with that also, because what is the end all? Is it marriage? And I think that's the messed up problem where everyone's like, oh, well, they're the right person because we got married. But like, I know a lot of people who got divorced or married three times. Like, so what about the other people that they married? And so there's I nothing think wrong with that either. Oh, my God. No. I've accepted, like, I'm most likely probably going to have to, like, get divorced with the statistics. I'm like, oh, my God. 60%. You know what? It keeps going higher and higher every year. I don't know. I love that we went off on a complete tangent. Okay, back to what we were saying, though. Sorry to whoever asked this question. I remember one of my mentors in my life told me at one point I was really heartbroken over this person. I think that the, it was still going on too, and I was just getting dragged every which way. And I would cling on to any little glimmer of hope that would give me any sort of solace with the relationship. For example, oh my God, he viewed my story. Literally, it we was all, so bad. We all know. We all know that feeling. You know? It was so bad. And this wasn't a real relationship. I can give you actual relationship advice after this, but this might click with somebody if you're listening. And I think it goes, it, it, it's into relationships, into flings, whatever it may be. They looked at me because I was losing my mind over what if they watched my story, if they liked my post, if they commented on my post, if they texted me that day, blah, blah, blah. Little, small, minute things that essentially did not matter. And he said, Remy, you need to be real with yourself. If they count the times that they make you sad, count yes. the times that they make you happy. I remember If this it is run. more sad than happy, <laughs> get the fuck out. And I remember yeah. I was like, it's, that's so easy to hear when you're not in it. And yeah. it makes so much sense. Now that I'm out of it, I look back, I'm like, wow, I was so stupid. But I think that can really help out someone in a situation like what this question was asking. Also from a relationship standpoint, I've been in the relationship that I'm in for two years and we've gone through the whole pandemic together. And I would lie. Yeah, you have. Yeah, we have. But I would be lying if I told you that it hasn't been really fucking hard and we haven't almost broken up a couple times. Oh, just because um, yes. it's so living in the same house. I mean, being in a relationship is hard. and Also being in a mature relationship is a whole is other level. Hard. Yeah. Mix that with a pandemic makes it even harder. But I think... The times that we've gotten into fights and things where we were both like, do we? We're not really sure. Do we keep going? Like, we love each other so much, but can we do this? Were times where both of us, and I know because he and I have both reflected together after, it's we both need to figure out what our self-worth is and how much we value ourselves. Mm, Because that's the thing. You need to put yourself before you put your significant other. As much as you love them, you need to love yourself more. Mm -hmm. So to this question, which I need to read it again, finding the strength to move on from a relationship that's not healthy anymore. I think 
if you are really, if you really do love and value yourself, which I know that's so much easier said than done, it's going to make leaving so much easier. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Yes. Yeah. I also think a huge part of it is, again, that Disney fairy tale of like, oh my God, like there's only one person. No, there's not. Like there Mm -hmm. are multiple people you will love in your life, whether that's a high school sweetheart, whether that's a soulmate best friend, whether like... So I think a lot of people hold on thinking, I'll never find this again. And that's what I hate. Like, there will be so many more and better opportunities. I always, like, like one of my, like, worst breakups, I remember being so sad. And one of the things that really helped me was I was always saying to myself, if I thought that was amazing, like, I can't even imagine, like, what it will be like later when I'm, like, older, wiser, whatever. And I really do believe that for everyone it's like if you if you thought that was everything and amazing and the love of your life like wait oh my god you know that's so cute I think also with knowing your self-worth and I I also always think what do you deserve I think about this a lot in my friendships I think about this in relationships I think about this in work relationships whatever it may be it's figuring out what you deserve you figure that out from knowing your self-worth so if you're having trouble leaving your significant other which I can't imagine must be the hardest thing in the world and you cling on to those but they but they do this but they do that those those little things just keep remembering and reminding yourself I deserve xyz I deserve xyz and if they can't meet you there then you need to leave because you do deserve much better pretty basic Okay, another relationship question. Is it okay if I find myself attracted to another guy if I'm in a relationship? I'm struggling. Okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on this. Go off, girl. I also think this is, I don't know if it's just our generation or what, of like looking to our grandparents or parents with kind of an unrealistic expectation of a marriage or a relationship or dating. Like, of course, you're going to see someone who's good looking and be and acknowledge that they're good looking. Like, just I was going to ask, inner- what does it tr- like define attracted? Is it that you think other people are hot because that's very normal? Are you attracted to them because you are speaking to people because you are physically involved with these people? What does attracted mm-hmm. mean? Yeah, and I think a lot of people like kind of expect like, oh my god. Like, what if you have butterflies for someone else while you're holding, like, your guy's hand or girl's hand, whatever, you know? Like, that, I think more than anything, it says a lot. Maybe that means, like, you're also missing something from your relationship that you're wanting. Um, Obviously, acting on those feelings is a whole other thing. You know, if you are meeting up with this person and, you know, emotionally getting super, super attached to them or you're confiding in them and things that maybe, like, technically it's not bad, but you feel... I don't know. I think I think setting those boundaries, taking 10 steps back, looking at the big picture and being like, okay, why am I attracted to this person? Is it just something as far as looks because, you know, Ryan Reynolds can get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> or is it like, is this person, you know, confiding in you? Do you feel like you're having that other type of um, emotional attraction, attraction or yeah. bond with them? Emotional. And that's super dangerous and a slippery slope. I think even if it's like, oh, we're just getting coffee to be very aware of those feelings and try to sit back and really say like, where do I think that's coming from? Do I feel like my partner or person that I'm with isn't as supportive that I personally need and I'm finding that in someone else, you know, or is it just, you know, you're out and about and you happen to notice someone. Um, I think it's a lot of reflecting that kind of needs to happen. I completely agree. I really do think it just depends on what we mean when we say attracted because Cal knows 
if I saw Chris Evans on the street, goodbye, cow. We've made that very clear. I'll pass. <laughs> I- <laughs> so, okay, let's say, let's say, obvi- okay, let's just say that they have actual feelings for someone else, but they are in a relationship. Oh, then I think that you need to leave your relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's disrespectful to your significant other. And also, I think that there's just a lot for that, whoever's asking the question, to work through on their own. Mm-hmm. But... Yes. I'm not really sure what the level of attraction is, but I do think if it's anything other than just seeing people out in public, seeing people on your TV screen, you think, oh, they're cute. Oh, they're hot. Then I think that you need to end the relationship. And I think it would just be smarter to do it now than God forbid something happens and then you have to deal with a bigger situation later. The best way I can use an analogy for my own personal life is anxiety. I feel like whenever I am more anxious, you know, and I think something's going to happen or I'm just stressed out or whatever, my therapist will always tell me like, okay, well, what do you think is the real root cause of that? Like most of the time, it's not that, um, you know, I have a headache and then I think that that's going to turn into something life-threatening. Like most of the time, that's just an outer shell of it. And that's how my anxiety like will manifest is usually like health related issues. But the that's deep so cause sad. is usually something. That's really I know sad. it sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone has something. <laughs> um, but but usually like usually there's a deeper issue. So yeah, maybe taking those steps back and being like, what is the real problem here? Or not problem. What is the actual situation here? Am I not happy in the relationship I'm in? So it's easy for me to find other people attractive. Is this other person really hitting on me and making me feel great? Who doesn't love feeling great? You know what I mean? Or like feeling wanted or loved, but setting those boundaries of, hey, I am in a relationship. Like that's, I I understand you need to talk to someone. I'm happy to help you find someone, but I can't, I can't be there like, like a girlfriend, you know? You know what I think whoever asked this question, a good test for yourself is if someone does come up and say something like, oh, they hit on you, whatever. If your reaction is sorry, I'm in a relationship and not I'm in a relationship, then I think you should break up. You know what else is a good, great one is if you feel the need to hide it from your boyfriend. I think that's where that trust comes in, you know, if he was to say, oh, who'd you get coffee with? And you even though you did nothing wrong, even though you didn't kiss, you didn't hug, you didn't even look like you social distance each other's eyes like that. (laughs) You social freaking distance, even if you did nothing wrong and you still feel the need to say a little white lie about it. That's a flag because clearly, you know, that it could be something or that, you know, like maybe you shouldn't be doing this. So I think having that inner conscious, um, and yeah, and also, I mean, I think a lot of people stay in relationships just because they don't want to be alone and being willing to say like, you know what, I think this relationship I'm in is not serving me anymore. I need to end it. Totally. You know? Okay, let's move on to friendship questions. Here we go with the hard hitters. Dun, 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 dun. I'm jealous of my best friend. What should I do? Ooh, bitch, that is some inner, inner dialogue that needs to happen too. It's so funny how all of these have a very, you know, similar outcome of just self-reflection because the times that I've ever been jealous of a friend, it was always my own insecurities. It always felt like I was being threatened or I was not, I don't know. I think that's, jealousy is usually only in my own personal experience, is usually a self-reflection of how I'm either doing personally or how my friends do totally. personally. You know, I've had, I've definitely had times where I could tell people were jealous of me for different things. 
And it was so easy for me to see it from the outside view of like, oh my God, like I can tell they feel threatened or like I can tell they feel less than in this friendship. Why is that? Blah, blah, blah. Or vice versa where I've felt jealous. I'll be like, oh my God, why do I feel this way? Like I'm being that like people hate using the word jealous. No one loves admitting they're jealous because I think it has this like really weird connotation, but it's just another emotion like feeling jealous of something like it's a very common thing, but no one wants to admit to it because it sounds so stupid. It's like, I'm jealous. It's, but it, it's, it's feeling like you aren't as special or you don't, um, you aren't like, as good. Yeah. Like if they're doing something awesome that it's taking away from you and it doesn't like at all. I actually really wish in past friendships where I had very jealous friends and they would tell me that they were jealous or just through their actions would very much show. It's Mm -hmm. very blatant that it was jealousy. I wish that we had taken a pause on the friendship so that they could work on them. I could work on me or whatever it was because when the jealousy manifests and gets worse and worse and worse, I've had some friends come back after we did take a pause and it's so much better now because they they were able to figure out whatever it is that they needed to figure out. And now we can be friends again. Not to say that I've never been jealous of a friend also, but I'm just thinking of like the very big friendship breakups I've had are because they were very jealous people. Mm-hmm. And it manifested into this like really ugly, evil energy. Oh, yeah. That could have definitely, I think, been avoided had we just been like, hey, this is like, it, it's it's like walking on eggshells all the time. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not doing anything wrong. Like what is happening? Let's just put a pause on this. Let's work on ourselves and then come back. I think mm-hmm. that is the best advice I can think of because it's really also hard for when you are jealous of a friend and you're hanging out with them all the time and you are trying to work on not being as jealous. You're trying to then work you on yourself. you start resent everything. Oh yes, the resentment builds inevitably. So I think it just makes sense to take some time apart so that you're not just completely surrounded by it all the time because you're yeah. going. it's going to slow down your ability to grow in, t- in any capacity. I think a great um, example of that is two best friends and one of them gets a boyfriend, which is funny. I was not thinking of you whatsoever. So I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there. It's fine. I'm jealous. (laughs) Um, What's helped me a lot is realizing that I have different friends, not for different reasons, but I have different relationships with each of my friends. And, you know, there's no reason why you can't have your friends and have different relationships with them too. And maybe, you know, you get something from someone like Kaylee, you know, a longtime best friend since high school that you just don't necessarily get with me. And that's okay. Like that's, I think that's why us three specifically have such a good um, relationship that way is because we're very aware that Kaylee and I each bring something different to you and it helps complement you in different ways. But that doesn't mean that she's not your best friend. It doesn't mean that I'm not your best friend. I think that's a perfect example of three people, you know, an older friend who's been in your life for a long time and then someone like me being a newer friend in your life. Normally, there'd be so much jealousy between Kay- like we'd have to be proving it like, no, I'm, I'm I swear, like we, we know each other they're longer. Like, well, yeah. I, I knew her. Since, like, <laughs> well, that's such a this. Do you remember when we did this? Like in um, Bridesmaids? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally Bridesmaids. <laughs> OK, next question. When do you know someone doesn't want to be friends with you anymore? Oh, well, <laughs> coming from past experience, if they tell you, believe them. <laughs> Someone doesn't want to be friends Um, with me. (laughs) It's like, what? Huh? (laughs) You don't mean that. Um, uh, Friendship breakups are so freaking hard. I think 
it's kind of even like when you're talking to a guy or something and and you're like, okay, I'm going to give it a few more tries, but if they just keep ghosting me, then obviously that's an answer. Like no and silence is also an answer. So I think, you know, if I was to come to a friend and say, hey, I really want to talk to you and they kind of are blowing me off, to me that's a sign that they don't really care that much about the friendship. Um, and unfortunately, unlike relationship breakups where you usually have an answer, you know, it's either, hey, I want to break up, take a break, we're not seeing each other or ghosting. Most of the time you still have an answer. It's like, hey, this isn't working out, blah, blah, blah. Now, when it comes to friendships, I think there's a lot more ghosting that happens because no one wants to say, hey, I don't want to be friends anymore. Like it, it sounds weird. There's just a weird connotation that comes with uh, I lost a friend friend versus oh, we're not dating anymore. It's so weird. Um, but friendship breakups, I mean, ev- I think everyone at least goes through one in their life. Like, that's just, it's just a given, you know? Um, but most of the time, it's a slow drift, I would say, versus a huge blow up. So there's two instances. Obviously, the slow drift is like, okay, well, if they're not making effort anymore and you feel like you have your friends, they have their friends, like, that's kind of like that. But if it is more of like, oh my God, are we friends? When do we stop being like that can be overwhelming too. I think it's just a gut feeling. I'm currently going through a friendship breakup as we speak, but it's a very slow drift one. It's a very peaceful one where it's like, I love them. They love me. Wish you the best. They wish me the best. And that's it. And like nothing catastrophic happened. I've been through the catastrophic ones and those fucking suck. But the ones that drift, honestly, it's the best case scenario. It really, really is. You don't want anybody in your life that is not making you happy, who is bringing you more stress. If they're bringing you more stress than happiness, then you need to cut them out. But again, you can just do it slowly. You just don't hit them up to hang out anymore. And most of the time they're mutual too. Like I'm sure I'm doing some things too on my end that they're not happy with. So they're not going to reach out. I'm not going to reach out. And then you just kind of let it drift. You know what I think of all the freaking time, um, which I think is so, such a good analogy for this. If any of one, anyone played Sims ever, <laughs> it's such a great life lesson that I learned, you know, at my um, middle school self sitting. I played the first Sims. That's going to really make me sound old. I loved it. Hashtag Rosebud for free money. I've never played uh, Sims in my life. Are you kidding? Okay, so mm-hmm. when you have you make friends, obviously, but you have to keep up with the friendship. So it'll say if your friendship is kind of like going down, and then that's a sign that you need to go reach out to that person and talk to them more to get that friendship up. And like it'll even have like less trust in each other, blah, 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 whatever. Wow. So I think that's actually as cheesy as it is, a great analogy too, of like you also can't just put friends on the back burner and expect things to be perfect because relationships mm-hmm. in any form take not necessarily daily reassurance because I have friends who I I don't talk to for a long time, but we really click in that. Like my best friend from high school, we can go months without seeing each other and we pick up right where we left off. And that's a rare case, but I can really appreciate that with her. However, I have other friends in my life who, if I didn't talk to them for months, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Oh, completely. But you have to have that mutual understanding. So I think, um, you know, really realizing that you have to put effort into relationships, even if even if their love language is different from yours and you're like, Ugh, I feel like we're doing this, but I know it'll mean a lot to them. Like, you know, you just have to put in effort. So, um, yeah, I think when they do start drifting, you can't be too shocked because it's like, oh, they've been drifting for a while. Like nothing's overnight. There's always a wedge is always a thing. So I think being able to kind of look back at your relationship and being like, okay, what happened? Where did this happen? And that comes down to communication, which is why communication is the most cliche thing ever you know you have to voice yourself 
Um, you have to voice to them if you are feeling jealous or if you are feeling left out. Like no one wants to say that, but you have to because I mean, most of the times Rem and I have had deep talks about our friendship, it was always things that were usually um, not intentional whatsoever. And we knew that they were small, but we knew it was so much better to fix it than putting glue or a Band-Aid on a crack in the foundation, you know, and expecting things to be perfect. Mm-hmm. If you don't address things, even when they're tiny, they just fester and build and build and build. So it's good to know. But I will say with every friendship breakup I've gone through, even if they are a slow burn, one day it just hits you like, oh shit, we're not mm-hmm. friends anymore. And it really yeah, sucks. And it's, it really hurts no matter how gradual that split was. But something that I always find solace in is recognizing that. And it's much easier again with a slow burn because you start, your life starts to change. Your life starts to kind of move on. You start to develop a new daily routine, a new weekly routine, a new monthly routine without that person in your life. And whenever I feel those feelings of, oh man, like I really miss them. I still love them. I care for them, but we don't talk like we used to. We don't, you know, we don't Mm -hmm. connect like we used to. I think in my head, okay, well for the past three months, I haven't spoken to them regularly. My new yeah. life now, the way that I live my life and my routine doesn't involve them on a daily basis, mm-hmm. weekly basis, whatever it is. So I'm going to be okay. I've already done this naturally on its own. Now I just have come to terms with it and I have to move on. Yeah. And the first time that it ever happens when you lose a friend, it feel, it's very similar to a relationship breakup because your whole identity was in them. Like you were like, they were my best friend. My, my whole life's different now. Versus when you're older and it happens again, you realize, you know what, like, I want you in my life, but I don't need you in my life because I am a whole person on my own. And I think that is the most, like, best advice I've ever been told because it is true, you know, like, the next time, God forbid, I have a friendship breakup with Rem, like, it'll really fucking hurt. I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) But I'll I'll know that I'm like, okay, Alicia, like, you still are Alicia. Like, you still are your, like you still are a person like, like, I don't know. I think that is, it's just not talked about that much. Also, nothing's forever. A lot of times people come back in your life. Oh yeah, completely. I think if we, God forbid, were to ever have a friendship breakup, I think that we would be able to, we've, we've learned so much from our friendship and we've learned so many lessons. And that's kind of like the the best thing to do is you can just look at what you've learned and the good times and smile and be like, wow, I'm so thankful for that person. There's even, there's even a friend who I'm not friends with anymore. And as crazy as a journey, that friendship was, <laughs> I can still look back and say, wow, I'm so grateful for them. Cause they were there for me in a time where pretty much no one else was, you know what yeah, I mean? I and, and being thing. able to be grateful, you know, totally. Well, what you just said actually applies to another question that we got, which is how do you deal with cutting off blood relatives because they are toxic? And you just said, I don't need you in my life. I can have you in my life, but I don't Mm. need you in my life. And that's the way that I view that as well. I agree. I personally have not grown up with much close relatives around me. Um, So I don't, I I know that greatly affects me. Um, I, Pray to God I love my in-laws because I've never had to really deal with like that kind of stuff, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, man. Um, but yeah, I do think it can be toxic. You know, I I love the saying blood is thicker than water, but at the same time, it can be like I do think people can use that in an unhealthy way with their kids or cousins or whatever to make you feel guilty or even like gaslit to like keep them in your life. When in reality, it's like, you should use the checklist with them, honestly, the same as a friendship. I mean, 
some of my like Remy's more of family to me than some of my actual relatives. And just because they're blood, I don't really think makes a difference. Granted, again, I might be a weirder circumstance. I have no idea. But um, I don't know. I, I think you can still have those boundaries with people just because they're technically family. Like it, it's not like you owe them anything more. Now, granted, that's from one perspective. I do think there are other people who would say the opposite. I fully agree. I have this, I have a similar dynamic to you. I have very, very, very few relatives, but I always think, I I mean, I think also it's a case to case scenario, but if you are financially independent, if you are, you know, living on your own, you're not relying on this family member for anything to add to your life, of course, if they're paying for things and, you know, then that's a whole other situation. But if you are completely independent on your own, I think there is no problem with saying, look, I love you, but we need space. I love you from afar. Mm -hmm. Or just completely cut them out and say, like, you make my life a lot harder than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. I I personally don't see an issue with that. But again, that's only if they are not contributing anything to your life. Financially speaking, I feel like you can only think of financially speaking, but there, of course, are a lot of other ways too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm weird. I'm weird with this one. And I think I do see how it's harder, especially if you have family gatherings and you have to see each other or especially certain like relatives will just like nag you about certain things. And you're just like, we're not close. Like, I don't know, especially when it's like, you know, really nothing about me personally. You only know certain things. Um, I don't know. That one's hard. I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm enough to answer that question, but, um, Yeah, I think it it falls into any other relationship category, whether it's friend, romantic, or family. Having that checklist of like being able to put up boundaries, you know, not letting someone walk all over you just because they are um, in your life, or being able to be like, oh, I'll see you at you know Thanksgiving or whatever, but that doesn't mean we have to hang out every week or whatever. Yeah, maybe limit limit the occasions. Yeah, I think that's more than fine. Pretty basic. Okay, last question for this episode. I want to do like 100 more of these episodes. They're so fun. Feeling extremely lost with my career. How can I navigate the qualms of my early 20s? I feel like I have so much to talk about with this. (laughs) Um, One, actually, I have so much. Okay, first is even now, Ash and I just launched Parallel Apparel, our clothing brand. We're co-founders of it. And today I was driving and I was able to kind of take a step back and think, I'm not sure how long this will be. Obviously, you know, it's an entrepreneur thing. We're launching this, you know, but the the value I see in it is what I'm about to learn in the next year from launching this business will take me to the next thing that I do. Like how I think a lot of people, especially now with the pressure of going to college to have your dream job and have that for forever, there's this, all this pressure to know what you want to do at 14 And it's so shitty because most people, especially successful people, kind of bounce around from different jobs. They're like, oh, yeah, well, I used to work at this production company and now I randomly got, you know, hooked up with CBS. But then that brought me to Hulu. And now I work at Netflix. Like it's that's always the case. And unless you, you know, you know, from day one that you want to be a doctor or something like that in that field. Um, But even then, I, I mean, how many times do people change their majors? Like. I think it's to realize right now I'm doing this. No, it's not my dream job, but you know what? It's paying the bills. I'm making connections and I'm actually having fun or I'm learning a lot. Maybe it's not your favorite job. I think that is not also talked about enough because, you know, do I picture myself coming out with merch for the rest of my life? Probably not. But I think what I'm learning, (laughs) 
<laughs> on that side, you know, I'm like, we don't need so a van. Extra walkers. <laughs> so extra walkers. <laughs> like what I'm learning from just that has, oh my God, what I've learned from launching merch has probably 90% of that has just overflowed into actually launching Parallel Apparel. And what I'm learning from Parallel, maybe one day, you know, YouTube will be done and some huge clothing brand will hire me and I'll have that knowledge. And I think, don't think of finding a job and staying there as the end goal. Focus on every day. Like, what can you learn? What can you better yourself at? Like, I think that's amazing. I think that is what a lot of college kids and even high schoolers need to learn. Like, Again, now looking back at high school, I'm like, oh, I wish I kind of absorbed a little bit more and didn't just see it as what will pass the test. It's not just about getting a degree. It's not just about getting an A on this exam or whatever. It's about actually understanding that knowledge. And to be honest, our freaking finance or not financial, our freaking school system does not value actually comprehending stuff. I cannot tell you half the shit I learned in school because it was so just focused on passing the test versus actually learning and having that knowledge. I agree with that completely. I also think I have quite a few friends in my life right now who are fresh out of college or have been for the past couple of years out of college and trying to find a job and just trying, trying, trying. It's so, so hard. Oh my God, yes. It's so hard. I can't even imagine. And we are so lucky and blessed to do what we do. Even our friend came to LA for here for the summer and was trying to find an internship and couldn't find anything. And we were even trying to hit up people that we knew um, and make connections and no one was hiring. So I, I know that that's also a huge struggle right now. I think it's just a really hard and unprecedented time, which I'm sure whoever's listening to this and asks this question doesn't want to hear that anymore. More, but I know that the people in my life that were struggling and just recently found jobs, they were so, so, so happy to not only have a job, but they're starting at the bottom, you know, starting at the lowest part of the totem pole because they're new, they're young, they're mm -hmm. just trying to get their foot in the door. But to them, the prospect of being able to grow anywhere is what's keeping them so, so excited and making them yes. so happy about it, which is so exciting Having to see. Having hope, you know? Exactly. Because I've had a friend who was at a complete dead-end job, so, so, so sad every day, becoming depressed, just wasn't happy with what, what they were doing, and now took a new job and is at the bottom of the company, but is so excited because there's at least room to grow. Yes, so that's I think huge. it's really good to keep that in mind as well. Obviously, we have been doing YouTube for pretty much other than Extreme PETA our entire lives. <laughs> so I do think obviously we have like a different perspective. But for someone who's looking for a job, I'm trying to think of back when I was in college and struggling with school and just didn't even know what I was going to do and was just praying that YouTube would work out. I think something that I would have loved to know is that even if it's not exactly what I want to do and I have this big picture idea of the career that I want or whatever exact occupation it is that I wanted, there are so many other littler jobs and other jobs in the same realm that I didn't even know about yet. And we always oh say how there, there could be a job that you're going to have when you're an adult or in a decade that hasn't even been created yet. Yes. Oh my God. I was listening to Gary Vee recently. I kind of stopped listening to him for a while and then I've been listening to random podcasts and stuff. Um, or even just on his Instagram. And he gives the best advice for people in that situation, especially fresh out of college. And he even said, he was talking to this um, younger guy and he was basically saying, the biggest problem with people in their 20s is they think 30 is old. He was like, you could literally <laughs> fuck around and do nothing for eight years and still be a millionaire 
in however like he was like you have time on your hands he was like you have so much time and here you are feeling behind of a scale that's not even a real thing which is just society pressures which is obviously hard enough as it is however even as much as we're like oh my god 30 no 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 like in, in the grand scheme of life that is still so young so even if I didn't come out with a business till I was like 34 35 like Oh my God, like we, time is on our hands and to be able to sit back and try not to be too stressed by it. I do know it is a very, very stressful thing. Um, talking from the, the queen who's always stressed over here. Um, <laughs> but I do think realizing that we have so much time and it's okay if you one day are, decide, you know what? I don't want to be a doctor. I want to do this. That's more than okay. One of my favorite podcasts I listened to is called How I Built This. Yes. And they have all of the coolest CEOs of all of the companies or founders of these amazing companies, like Whole Foods, Lululemon, mm-hmm. like all these, yeah. Yes, huge, 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 huge companies. I love them. But whenever I listen, pretty much the common denominator is always that they started a bunch of businesses, failed a bunch of businesses, and this one that took off didn't kick in until they were at least 35. Yes. At least. It's so crazy to hear that. Most of them are like 50 and they're like, oh yeah, we just like, it just so happened like within the last 10 years or so. I was listening to a podcast this morning from Ed Milet. I love him. If anyone knows him, he's the best. He was interviewing this girl and she basically made the female version of Viagra, right? Oh, which was never a thing. Okay, just sold that company for a billion dollars. Now keep keep in mind, the first round the FDA didn't approve it, and they really thought it was going to get approved. And she was like, everything just went for nothing. She ended up disputing the FDA. She went against the government and said, no, this is actually it meets your standards. Double check it, and then it passed. The fuck, good for her. Great for her. Like, what the hell? Like, I would I would literally be like, oh, it's a no. Okay. And she sold it for a billion dollars. That goes back into our self-worth thing, though. If she read all the f- claims from F- the FDA, like, front and back, front and back, and knew that she had done everything correctly, then I sure as hell would dispute it, too. I'd be like, tell me, where? Exactly. Where is it? Where? Oh, my God. That was so inspiring to me. But yeah, time is on your hands. Don't take no for an answer. And just always check in with yourself. Wow. Well, I love this episode. I can't wait to do more of these Girl Talk episodes. And again, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Pretty Basic Podcast, because the full episode of next week's episode will be out. I'm so excited. It's finally happening. My freaking concentration face is like the (laughs) ugliest thing ever. So you guys can definitely (laughs) see that. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube, both channels, Instagram, everything. And we'll catch you guys next week in video. Bye. Bye. Bye.